Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, our Scott Ritchie is embedded in the East Coast where he's covering the uh, Illini's swing against Rutgers and Florida Atlantic. Scotty, there are a lot of Illinois fans along for the ride, aren't there? Yeah, Illinois fans travel. I mean, you know, look no further than last year, you know, trips to Las Vegas, um, a trip to New York, and, you know, Illinois fans were there in great numbers, and it helps that the team is good, you know, ranked in the top 25, but, you know, it's, if you're thinking about making a road trip you know, to see Illinois, you play in person, you know, be assured you'll, you'll find others decked out in orange and blue. All right, we'll talk to Richie, who is live in New York City about Tuesday night's big game. We'll talk about uh, Terrence Shannon and his continued progress. We'll talk about Coleman Hawkins' return in this week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Oh, good Monday morning, everyone, and good Monday morning to Scott Ritchie, who apparently, as uh, on the East Coast swing, he's covering Illinois basketball, he is uh, passed out in Battery Park uh, right now, uh, coming off a, a rager last night. Is that right, Scotty? <laughs> uh, like one-third of that is correct. Uh, I am in Battery Park with uh, the Statue of Liberty off in the distance at the first for the podcast uh but no rager on a sunday night and i'm very much awake are there hookers involved jimmy realized my mom listens to this podcast right i'm just asking questions <laughs> that are submitted ed bond is shaking his head he is discouraged by the the direction of this podcast i mean we've only been on for barely a minute uh, no. I'm, good answer just checking okay okay you know, you get to the big city and bad things sometimes happen. You know, people say that, but I've had a pretty good experience. <laughs> All right, that's Scott Ritchie. I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of News at the News Gazette. Concerned about Scott on the road, uh, as usual. Uh, but Scott's been gone since Friday when he uh, embarked on a trip to New... Is it North Brunswick, New Jersey? Is that your home base now? That's my, my temporary home base. Okay. Yeah. Not, not too far from the Rutgers campus. Excellent. Where things went really well for Illinois basketball on Saturday. They put a beat down on your Scarlet Knights. How did that influence your top 25 ballot, which you submitted late last night? Okay. Well, I'm going to address one thing first. Not my 
Scarlet Knights. I do have an appreciation for Steve Peichel, as does Brad Underwood, but it was a big win for Illinois. Just, you know, Big Ten opener on the road in a place they hadn't won since 2018. Uh, so, and that was, all that was important. Uh, and, you know, with that combined with sort of a wacky week for teams ranked in the top 25, I moved up Illinois five spots to number 17 on my ballot. That's it? I thought we talked about this, Scott Richie. I thought you were going to elevate them to like 12 or 11 or 10. Nah. I mean, it was a good win against Rutgers, but that's still the best win that they have. And there's there's several teams, in fact, all of them, I believe, ahead of Illinois that have perhaps better wins on their resume. All right. We'll, uh, we'll dive into the top 25, which comes out later today. Uh, Illinois soundly in that uh, – the win against Rutgers had a different feel to it. Uh, am I okay saying that, I guess? Yeah. and I mean, it was probably the best Illinois has played this year for like a full 40 minutes. Um, but their defense was as good as it, as it, as it has been. I mean, you know, Rutgers shot 33% from the field overall, which is, you know, Really bad. Um, and you know, save for a few three-pointers they made during their first half run, that kind of at least made it competitive briefly. Like they just they were not you know a threat. And, and then offensively, Illinois played well. I mean, Terrence Shannon Jr. did Terrence Shannon Jr. things. I mean, he was effective attacking the basket. He knocked down shots. Um, I think probably the two big takeaways though was you know healthy Coleman Hawkins helps them. Because they're just a little more dynamic with with him at the five, they can do a little bit more offensively. Because you know he pulled, even if he's not making shots, which he still isn't. Like there's the theory that he could. So whoever's guarding him has to, you know, at least give that some thought. And you know it pulls the opposing big out of the paint, creates more room in there for everyone else to work, and, and that's a big deal. And then the other was you know. I guess the guy that maybe took advantage of that the most was Marcus Damask. And, like, you know, after the game, he had kind of talked about it. Yeah, he'd been a little tentative in the last few games, a little hesitant offensively, but yeah, he was anything but against Rutgers. You know, finished with 15 points uh, to go with seven rebounds and a, a couple assists. And, like, that's what Illinois needs for Marcus Damask. And, you know, again, he said it after the game. It was like, he knows that, like, they brought him to Illinois to score, to, to be an option offensively. You know, alongside Terrence Shannon, and like he was really good against Marquette, and then kind of average since then. But you know, if he continues to play like he did against Rutgers, that's going to be a a really big change for Illinois, just in terms of you know what they can accomplish offensively. Because that's where I think the question marks still lie. Uh, when they play like they did Saturday, there's fewer of them, but you know that that's where I think Illinois can be tripped up this year if their defense keeps playing like it is at least the first seven games. All right, that's Scott Ritchie. He's in New York City uh, for a five-day, six-day spell. Uh, you'll read about his top 25 voting in tomorrow's print editions. Hope you picked up Sunday's print editions to read all the, the glorious coverage from the Rutgers beatdown. Um, you spoke of uh, the rest of the Big Ten. Uh, suddenly, you know, last week we said Illinois and Purdue are the only two really contenders. Now we're down to just Illinois. 
<laughs> uh, I think Purdue will probably still be there at the end. Uh, they did lose, in fact, on the road at Northwestern a year mm-hmm. ago. They won the conference by three games. So mm. I am not throwing in the towel on the Boilermakers. Just I have. I have. Okay. That's, that's a choice. They've got 19 more Big Ten games to play. Could do some things in those games. Um, but, I mean, that's – I think the rest of the league has to be thrilled with Northwestern right now. I mean, just to to get one against Purdue, like, everybody else very happy about that. Um, but, you know, Big Ten's kind of weird. Still, I, I still say Purdue and Illinois are the – leading contenders, but like Wisconsin was playing okay. Northwestern obviously played well enough to beat Purdue and, you know, turning it over, I think three times total certainly helps. Um, Michigan state, uh, I don't know about them. I eventually, I think they'll probably be the team everyone expected, but they're not that right now. Um, and I don't know. That might, that might be it. Like Indiana's got issues. Michigan, they're not back. It's probably what some, I think a lot of people thought after the first week and a half that maybe that they were. They are not. Um, Maryland is in trouble. Can't shoot. Uh, so I think there's, there's an opportunity for you know, those teams at the top, Illinois included, to separate themselves a little bit. But Illinois won't get you know, a chance until the new year. Like Saturday's game of Rutgers was their only Big Ten game you know, this month. So. Uh, they just got to take care of business in the non-conference and then see if they can maintain their spot you know, at the top of the league. Here's a, you hear that noise? That's Ed Bond. He's he's clapping and because he's reading Saturday's News Gazette where it says you predicted Illinois to beat Rutgers, and then which happened, and you, you remain flawless on your prediction record, which – in your decade on the beat has never happened. In fact, you've been horrible at it. So, I mean, I think early in the season I've had this kind of success. So Ball now he, here's the, the we're we're giving you a, a round of applause, Scott Ritchie, because you're now what six and zero or seven and zero seven and zero. Yep. Crazy to think uh, coming off a disastrous season in which uh, you were. Let's just say you're on the hot seat. All right, we we're about to let you go. Uh, but to respond the way you did in the face of adversity. Uh, was commendable. Well, I I guess I appreciate that <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, this week this week could challenge me though. Now so come we'll on, see. there's two. It's a lock two tomorrow. It, it's a lock tomorrow night. All right, so just mark it down. Write it in the News Gazette tomorrow. They will not lose tomorrow. Well, I mean, I've already made that pick, and at least I haven't written it, but I have it in my head that I'm going to pick Illinois to beat Florida Atlantic. Thank you. I, I wouldn't call it necessarily a lock for Atlantic. Please. Even after a stunningly bad loss to Bryant um, a couple weeks ago, like they've just they picked up three really good wins in Orlando over Thanksgiving, over the Thanksgiving holiday beats, including a win against the top ten, or say top ten, Texas A and M team, uh, plus wins against Butler and Virginia Tech, and then they've played. Maybe not as high a profile, not power conference teams in, in, in the last couple games, but they beat Liberty and uh, Charleston, both really good mid-majors. 
and like steamrolled them. And like they're putting up a ton of points. They're tricky teams, but I, again, I think Illinois can and probably will win tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. Um, then the game at Tennessee, who knows? Like Tennessee is in theory a good team, but they haven't beaten any of the good teams they played, essentially. So, uh, but it's in Knoxville. I don't know. My, my record, you know, I'm hoping I'll stay perfect through the end of this week, but uh, I'm not making any guarantees. All right, I would argue uh, you saying it's in Knoxville. If this was football, I'd be worried. All right, but it's not. It's men's basketball with the underachieving coach on the volunteer staff, a fan base that uh, maybe likes its women's basketball a little more than its men's. All good. Just telling you. I mean, I'm just telling like, you. Thompson Bowling Arena holds, I want to say like 18, mm-hmm. 19,000. And when they play Rocky Top every 30 seconds, I don't mm-hmm. know, like, that could be uh, could be tricky for Illinois. All right, looking forward to that uh, coverage. Uh, Scott Ritchie, what are you doing on the East Coast uh, when you're not writing about Illinois basketball? What's the uh, what's beat writer's life like? Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of writing involved, so I'm going to take care of that business first, but uh, I did yesterday. Uh, you know, I came into the city yesterday. It was raining. It was kind of miserable. Didn't stay all that long, but didn't want to, you know, waste the opportunity. I've got a little time today in between, you know, this and uh, I'll get something on the line. Well, this, I mean, our listeners will have seen this, but you know, when the poll comes out, I'll have, you know, update that. Uh, then have uh, in-person media availability this afternoon and more writing. And then, you know, tomorrow try to squeeze in a little bit of being a tourist before, you know, getting into game mode. Again, a lot of work. All right, uh, Richie, you will see his photographs in tomorrow's print editions. He's going to give us an IO-like front-page photo of the uh, of the cats in their hotel room. And tomorrow, uh, you'll be hanging with the New York City Illini. Is that right? Like you did last year? Yeah, going to drop in on their uh, pregame event. Okay. What's the beer of choice in New York City when you're uh, when you're getting fired up for an Illinois game? Is it is it Bush Light indeed? I'm not sure if Bush Light's available in New York City. I mean, yeah. I would make sure it was, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the the major domestics are probably pretty popular. Ed Bond says if take... If I wasn't working, I'd have a, a yingling, perhaps. Yeah. Sad. No one from Eureka has ever said that. I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm from Eureka, and I just said it, so there's one. I don't know if you're really from Eureka. We'll have to look into that anymore. Well, I haven't lived there in 18 years, so. Sad. Ed Bond says take the ferry. I don't know what that means while you're there. It's free. And it's a good ride, he says. You Do you okay. understand what I'm saying? Okay. Um, yeah, I, mean, I just walked past the Staten Island Ferry. There, hop on board. All right. Tips from Ed Bond, who uh, usually makes these trips with the Illinois radio broadcast. He's uh, battling it a little bit. So lucky for us, we got him here. Uh, he tells me in New York is one of his favorite stops over the years. Would that uh, rank in the Richie top three visitors poll? 
my third time here covering Illinois basketball. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably in the top five. I don't know. I mean, most of my travels are to Midwest cities in the winter, so I'm not maybe seeing them at their best. But uh, if I had to pick a, a number one for my basketball travels, uh, it's awfully difficult to beat Las Vegas. True dat. I would argue yes. The Rosso top three would have to be Maui. Ed's okay with that. Um, Austin, Texas would be number two. Nice town. And uh, how about Charlotte? I'll go with Charlotte. That's my number three. That was when the Big Ten ACC challenge was going hot and heavy. All right. So about Maui, the next time Illinois is uh, invited, which Mm -hmm. they will be again, I'm sure. uh, We'll see. We'll see how your predi- we'll see how your prediction record is going. If it's uh, over, give me a lot of hope. Over eighty percent, we're good. All right, we'll send you. That uh, gives you some incentive, like some uh, Ferenc incentive, like Iowa football. All they did was ask him to score twenty points a game. He couldn't do it. So we'll see, Scotty. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the the <laughs> example I want to use because he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Illinois basketball tomorrow night. It's, it's the first of the two games, right? Uh, on uh, who's covering that? Uh, who's carrying that game, TV wise? Uh, the game is on ESPN, I believe. And okay, it, it'll be Illinois' only game on ESPN this season, if I remember correctly. Which that's what Kind of a weird thing to say. Yeah, but. who cares? It's on radio. That's all I know, right? Listen to the golden tones of Brian Barnhart, Deion Thomas. How many Illinois fans were at Rutgers, and how many do you expect to be at Madison Square Garden on Tuesday? There was, I don't know, I guess a decent number uh, at Rutgers. I mean, the, that building seats 8,000, um, and it's, not, it's one of the smaller venues in the league. It's really not as much of an opportunity for Illinois fans, perhaps, to get tickets, uh, but... Madison Square Garden seats like 19,000, and, and it's kind of based off of last year at the Jimmy V Classic. I mean, there was a huge Illinois contingent, so I expect it would be you know, something you know equally as impressive this year just in terms of Illinois fan turnout. Looking forward to it. What's Brad Underwood doing with his hair, a reader wants to know? Look different on the sidelines at Rutgers. Um, I don't think he's doing anything different. Maybe it was just the lighting okay. at the at Jersey Mike's arena, perhaps. But I mean, that's not something I pay like super close attention to. It's Brad Underwood's hair. He still has it, so that's kind of kind of where I'm at. Okay. Any rotational uh, changes uh, on Saturday that uh, that maybe reflected why they played so well? It was interesting, you know, how short the rotation got in the second half. You know, Luke Goody and Justin Harmon were the only two Illinois uh, players that came off the bench in the second half. Uh, Monty Hansberry didn't play in the second half. Dane Danger didn't play in the second half. And uh, Drake Gibbs-Wallhorn didn't play at all. So it was you know, a little tighter rotation uh, in, you know, the most important game that they played, really, since Marquette, where 
again, their rotation was a little shorter. So that could be just a sign of what's to come, uh, maybe this week, and then perhaps uh, in the Big Ten as well. But, again, you know, having a healthy Coleman Hawkins changes things a little bit because he, he didn't play much uh, in the first half. He had a little foul trouble, but uh, played the bulk of the minutes in the second half. And they really you know, stuck with their – Always their oldest possible lineup, but you know, veterans for sure just kind of carried the way in the second half. All right, the team uh, appeared to have practiced at the New York Athletic Club. Is that correct? Uh, and if uh, I remember my in my days as a youth in St. Louis, the Missouri Athletic Club, where guys swam naked. Okay. Note to self to never go to the Missouri Athletic Club. I didn't know if that was an athletic club type thing, and if you know if that was indeed the case in New York. Uh, and I <laughs> assume everyone wore shorts and jerseys to practice in. Um, was not invited, of course, but uh, it's where they've it's where they practiced last year as well, um, and then just like a New York Athletic Club and other similar clubs. Um, in the city, kind of work regularly with you know, basketball teams in town, either NBA or college, uh, just providing you know practice space because it's uh, you're not always easy to get uh, into Madison Square Garden, you know, on you know, like days before before games. So there's you, know, you just find uh, find a gym. Don't need a ton of space. Just you know, two two baskets and 94 feet and call it good. New York City, like Champaign, is still a newspaper town. Right, we're proud about our print editions here at the News Gazette. Thank you to all our thousands of subscribers who who demand it. Have you picked up a New York Post while roaming the streets yet? And what's in what's on the front page? What's on the back page? You know, uh, I haven't seen any uh, newspaper vending machines actually. But uh, you're not looking hard enough. Have, well, you know. Yesterday, it was, you know, if I would have gotten a paper in the rain, it would have lasted all of 30 seconds before it was much. Uh, but, yeah, it definitely has to be the Post because New York Times, like, farmed out all of their sports coverage. So, mm-hmm. All right. So what's making uh, new? I'll, what's, I'll, keep an, I'll keep an eagle eye out. Here's my next question. What? Who's sharing the headline, the top headlines with the Illini being in town? What's the What's the story? Was old, I think, to assume that Illinois would be sharing a top headline. Uh, I'm not sure, to be fair, like how much the Jimmy V Classic moved the needle in a outside of you know maybe the college basketball fans in New York City. But uh, I don't know. It's always the Knicks and their drama. All right. Uh... Where are you meeting the uh, the Illini today again, and uh, what are the, some of the tougher questions you're going to be asking, Scotty? Well, uh, availability will be after practice at their hotel. Um, in terms of tough questions, I guess this all depends on what you think is tough, but things that I've been thinking about in terms of what to ask you know, Brad Underwood and whoever else you know, we get. Uh, 
he's willing sort of an update on Coleman Hawkins because you know, Brett Underwood talked about it. Brett Bielma talks about it. You know, it's players coming off of an injury. It's maybe not like what they do, like in a game, their first game back, like in terms of like how it feels as like the day after. So it's just made to see how Coleman Hawkins is faring after getting back on the court, playing real minutes for the first time in more than two weeks. Um, let me ask about Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, who did not play. It's made what uh, what he needs to to do to carve out a, a spot in the rotation. Um, probably some questions about Terrence Shannon Jr. Just uh, his continued evolution as arguably one of the best players you know, in the country. I don't know, I mean, but after you know, after a 18 point Big Ten road win, when things are looking up. Um, there wouldn't be me as let's grill them type questions that if they you know laid an egg at Rutgers like for the fourth straight time. So. All right, Richie, uh, give me your top three power pole the line. I well, turn, oh, I guess I got to go reverse order. Almost forgot. Uh, let's go. Making gosh, it might be his debut with the power pole this season. Uh, but Colton Hawkins is number three. Just maybe not for his production because he was didn't have a ton against Rutgers, but it, enough. But it's just his presence and kind of what he means at both ends of the court that I think helped Illinois put together you know that kind of win. Uh, number two, Marcus Domask. Certainly living in the moment here. Yeah, he played one of his best games of the season, and then. Terrence Shannon Jr. is at number one, and I don't know that anyone will unseat him from that spot all season. Any data to be had? Uh, and I sure hope the answer is yes, because I just feel empty if uh, if I leave the inside of line on basketball without some meaningless number crunching. I'm going to give you even data that you can appreciate, because it's just all about shooting. Hmm. Uh, Florida Atlantic is a really good three-point shooting team. Uh, their two guards, well, a lot of their guards, but uh, their two primary guards, Elijah Martin, John L. Davis, both uh, shoot many threes per game and are making a really good percentage of them. Uh, Illinois has been pretty effective this season and not allowing all that many three-pointers, I mean, just look at, or at least, you know, not good ones. I mean, the Oakland game, I think, is maybe the best example for a team that shoots as many threes as any team in the country. It was really ineffective. Uh, so, Illinois going to have to keep that up against Florida Atlantic uh, on Tuesday night. And, you know, Brad Underwood was mentioned several times in the last few days about how, you know, they had to see if their defense would travel to the East Coast. And it did Saturday, and it's going to have to again tomorrow uh, against the Owls. I know you're going to tell me they're a Final Four team, but uh, this game uh, doesn't, in your phrases, move the needle for me much. Uh, How did uh, this one come about? Who paired Illinois and Florida Atlantic and thought it was a good idea? Well, I mean, it's an ESPN event so they did and you know Florida Atlantic has some juice because they did in fact make a final four last year and they 
brought back everyone, essentially, you know, all but one player. Yeah, from that team. Yeah, and I, I was. I was at their top twenty-five team. Yeah, I was at the tavern the other night, and people just couldn't stop talking about Florida Atlantic. They're like, "Man, that's awesome! What a team! I'm scared." They should be. I'm, ki- should be. I'm kidding, Scott Ritchie. It does not. It, no one even remembers they made the Final Four. Well, apparently, people at ESPN did because <laughs> they put together this event. So. And invited them, and like Fort Atlantic schedule is, they got some games on it this year because they have maybe not in Central Illinois, but more you know nationally, they have a name in college basketball in this moment. Like they have to keep winning to stay relevant, but you know so far that they they've done a pretty good job of that. That's Scott Ritchie uh, reporting live from Battery Park where, uh, despite the rumors, he did not sleep last night there, uh, uncovered in the elements. I did not. No. I'm glad to know that you're doing all right while, uh, while making that East Coast swing. When do you come home, uh, and when do you leave for Tennessee? I'll be back Wednesday and then turn around and leave again Friday. Excellent. Hopefully Robin takes care of your laundry for you. And again, well, I, ap- I apologize to your mom for any references to uh, to misbehaving on the East Coast. Good. And also, I mean, I'm 36. I, I've been doing my own laundry for quite a while now. A year. That's mighty. just pretty good. Yeah, that's a that's pretty good guess. That's pretty good, Scott Ritchie. We'll tell you what. We're going to let you go. I know you got a busy day. Looking forward to your coverage on the line. When the, they announced the top 25 at noon, you said. These days, noon yeah. Central Time. So, uh, noon Central. Uh, check IlliniHQ.com for that every morning. Good morning, Illini Nation. Uh, Richie's coverage there as well. Scotty, enjoy the rest of your trip, and we will talk to you when you get back to the glorious Midwest. <laughs>